That jarring cacophony, mixing up various versions of the Doctor Who theme can only mean one thing. It's time for another Power of Three podcast. We tend to be a trio of middle-aged Scottish Doctor Who fans coming together to discuss, digest, digress and disagree as we talk about our favourite time-travelling hero and all forms of his adventures. I'm Kenny Smith and once again, we can't count. We've had the power of one, we've had the power of two, obviously we've had the power of three and today we're going for something new. It's the power of four. I'm joined by a trio of co-conspirators to talk about the biggest Doctor Who news of the year, the sensational return to the post of showrunner for Russell T. Davis. Myself and Tom had the world's first podcast reaction to it last week. Yes, we did. And now we've got three chaps who know and love their Doctor Who who are coming on now to share their opinions. And I'm joined by a trio of co-conspirators who will now introduce themselves in terms of forename and alphabetically. <laughs> oh yes, yes, we haven't done this before, honest. Hello everyone, it's David here, welcome back, thank you for joining us. On my left, it's John, lovely to be here again. And concluding this dynamic trio is... Hello, it's Peter Watson, back from the Earth 2 podcast, theearth2podcast.com, thank you very much. Delighted to be back here on the show. Peter. You don't do the plugs until I tell you to do the plugs. <laughs> it's in my blood. That's so. you on your yellow card already, mate. That's you warned. <laughs> so, yeah. Russell T. Davis, a name that we all thought was pretty much gone from Doctor Who, apart from the odd big finish credit here and there. So, a bit of a surprise. So, I'm going to ask each of you in turn where you were when you found out the news. So, we'll start off. Dave, where were you when you found out? Now, this was on Friday, wasn't it? It was. I was working, I've been working the last five days at the, the Playground Festival in Glasgow. And when I found out on Friday, I was helping a man called Morris run an orange cable so that the site Wi-Fi would be properly connected. The stage I was working at was mainly DJ, so we didn't have an awful lot of band stuff to set up. So there was during a lull, and one of the site people just asked if someone could come and help themselves. So yes. So I was standing holding an orange cable waiting for Morris to arrive at the other side of the fence to um, feed the rest of it over to me. And I got a text from my pal, Tony Nixon, who I've mentioned on here. And got a text from Tony in capital letters, and it said, um, he is returning. And I was like, what? So I texted him back saying, what? And he said, I'm not going to spoil it for you, check Twitter. And I said, I can't, I'm at work. What is, what's, what's going on? And then he said, Russell T. Davis is the new showrunner. And then once I finished helping Morris with his Wi-Fi cable, I went back up behind the stage and switched on my data and was basically deluged with Facebook messages and Instagram messages and telegrams, obviously from our Kenny, just sort of saying, Russell's back. Have you heard this? I know you can't be asked from Doctor Who so much at the minute, but have you heard this? Blah, blah, blah. So yes, that was it. I was at work on Friday having a great time. So yeah, it was, um, hmm. yeah, that was Excellent. me. John, where were you? I was also at work, but I'm not going to be as verbose as David and just say that I have to look at my Twitter. And there it was. <laughs> and no Peter. Short and sweet. <laughs> I was in Sunday Solcoats on a day out with my wife and uh, we were enjoying the, the weirdness uh, seaside town that they forgot to shut down that is Solcoats. And uh, <laughs> yeah, every, I basically happened to look at my phone and just popped up on, I think it was in Facebook first. Yeah, I saw it on Facebook first. And... Fortunately, we were right beside the pub, so we could go in and sit down and, and discuss the events as we were both kind of gobsmacked. So, yeah. Yeah, because, of course, when <laughs> the world's first podcast to discuss the return of Russell T. Davis was recorded, I was actually working as well. But I put my day job on hold 
for the good of the power of three, of course, to <laughs> record with Tom and get the episode done, get it edited, get it out there. And as I say, we were the world's first podcast to talk about it. I'm never going to shut up about it. And I made up the time for my day this? job over the weekend. Do we know this for a fact? Honestly, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not trying to little your well, accomplishment. I did have a look. I did have a look and I couldn't see any up before us. I had a good scour around and you know, for the next half hour after ours was live, when we were the world's first podcast to discuss it. So, Should we contact North and West? Well, if you've got a Ouija board, then that would be great. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Probably. We could not one up, I'm sure. It'd be quite easy. Mm. Is, this anyway. bad, is this in bad taste? I don't know. Anyway, right. No, yes. not at all. Right, let's get some reaction to it then. So we'll go in a different order now. John, what was your reaction when you heard, were you pleased by it? I was... And I suppose it's maybe an indication of how I've felt about the programme for the past while that I thought this is genuinely good news. I was really, I was really pleased. Although being a bit cynical, my first reaction was, is this a fake bit of news? Has this been concocted by one of these fake Twitter accounts? So once I did a quick scroll through and then I saw it on the BBC news page as well, I thought, oh no, well, here we are. So yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised with my initial reaction. Yeah, Peter? As I said, it was gobsmacked we both were. It was, yeah, it was stunning. It genuinely was stunning. We didn't really know what to think at first. Uh, and again, like John said, uh, it was a case of, is this real? Who's actually tweeted this? Had a look, had a look. And it seemed to be authentic accounts. Then Barrowman retweeted it. And I thought, all right, okay. So he's obviously wanting his job back. Uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> it must be true. So yeah, genuinely, it was mostly shock and being stunned. Also, I wasn't really expecting an announcement right now. We were expecting an announcement at some point, but there wasn't gonna, there wasn't anyone saying on Friday, watch out for this announcement. There was nothing like that. So it really took us by surprise and it literally was a glance at the calendar to check to see it wasn't the start of April moment. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Dave, what was your reaction? I was kind of, I mean, I like what Pete say, I was just saying, I was kind of gobsmacked. I mean, I was kind of gobsmacked, but I was also instantly delighted but I don't want to say too much about that because I'm sure we're probably going to go into a bit more detail about what we're feeling about the whole thing. So I was very, very, very pleased because um, I just thought this is a this is a step in the right direction, I think, for the programme. And I had other thoughts kind of creep in. You probably don't want them just now. We can talk about them later on, I suppose. But my initial reaction was good because I have felt for a long time that the priorities of the series were wrong. And my instant reaction was this is someone that will fix it. Russell has fixed it before, it has to be said. It sounds like a TV programme, but we'll not go there. I have to say, actually, I should have known there was something going on because I've been trying to get hold of Russell to chat about Dark Season for Vortex. And he said, of course, yes, we'll have a chat. And he didn't come back to me. And he's always immaculate in replying to his emails. And he hasn't. And I should have known there was something up and just thought, why would he not be replying? And then, of course, it all makes sense. So I have since emailed him to say congratulations. And if you ever need a press guy, you know where I am. But no, well, I'm I'm shameless. I'm absolutely shameless. But, um, Don't go changing. I'll try not to. What do we all think were the highlights in terms of not stories, but in terms of what Russell brings to Doctor Who? Pete? I kind of made a list of pros and cons when when I was thinking through exactly this, this topic. Uh, and basically, he's, he's a great personality, he's a great showman, he's really good at getting people interested in it, he knows how to write the show for everyone, 
It's, he's not writing it for fans. He can write it for fans as well as everyone else. It's a completely accessible show. It's open. It's genuinely fun, but dramatic. He's great at publicity and getting the ball rolling for just getting more viewers and getting, you know, just good thoughts behind the show and people being positive about it. And yeah, it's, yeah, just all that. Basically, yeah. Yeah, Dave, what do you reckon to what Russell well, brings think, in a positive way? I think in a positive way, um, I've said this many times in the podcast, I'm sure, Russell writes for a broad audience. Anyway, he did that with Doctor Who. He made it accessible for new viewers as the success sort of built, you know, as it continued under, under his tutelage, whatever. He was very good at continuing to write for a broad audience, knowing he had his success, but he didn't let, he didn't let that get in the way of anything. But he also was very good at putting in the sort of stuff that fans would have loved, like, you know, Armies of Daleks in space, little flashbacks to other Doctors, you know, when in the, in the Dave Morris, Morrissey episode, just as, as examples. I felt he struck the perfect balance between writing for as many people as possible and giving the fans the sort of little things that they might, you know, little Easter eggs, whatever. I've said many times that I think his immediate successor was a little disregard, you know, and wrote a little bit of a disregard for the for the... The, the mass audience and the subsequent show writer seems to not care too much for what Pete was saying about, you know, publicity and making it seem like an event. It just, it's, you, you could be forgiven off times at the moment for actually wondering if Doctor Who was still being made at times. But Russell is just, as Pete said, really good, a really good showman, a really good sort of front man for it all, I think. And just really good at telling popular, making it a popular, accessible programme. And I think Doctor is at its best when it's written for as many people as possible. So he's, he's good for all that. John, what positives do you think that Russell brings? Well, really, I mean, the guys have really said it already. I think for me, the thing that really stood out about the Russell T. Davis era one, RTD one, whatever we're going to call it, was the fact that my family would talk to me about Doctor Who and, and how they were reacting to, to this week's episode, you know, which never happened before. So the fact that you had normal people do that was was quite striking I think it's also evident that he's such a good writer that not only does he write this emotionally accessible drama that can draw people in but he's also good at encouraging other writers to do the same and that might involve also a little bit of editorialising as well but he gets the best I think out of a, a wide stable of, of writers and just basically I think the thing that also shines through is that he absolutely loves Doctor Who mm-hmm. and wants to get other people to love it but not in a kind of a closed fanatical way that that perhaps afflicts many of us, myself included. <laughs> absolutely. Doctor Who at the moment is very Marmite. There are those who absolutely love it and there are those who steadfastly criticise it which has never really happened before for fandom to be so polarised. Do you think this is an act of desperation from the BBC to get Russell back, considering that he's riding the crest of a wave after years and years, and more recently, it's a sin. Dave? I think it's definitely a course correction, Ken. Definitely. I think they've realised, you know, Tom and I talked quite a lot about, you know, our, our thoughts on the, the current state of the programme a few episodes ago, so I'll try not to repeat myself. I think the BBC have realised that maybe the buzz about the programme has deteriorated Maybe it's public perception is that it isn't doing very well. So they've sort of thought, right, it's in our interest to keep it going. So we've got someone back who knows how it works. It 
and you know, and who made it a huge success when they brought it back before. I mean, I sort of, I was. There's been a lot of rumours about it being cancelled again, and nothing after the the anniversary. Sorry, the BBC anniversary episode that's coming. I didn't think it would actually go as far as cancellation. There was a lot of rumours about Pete. How you is it? Pete McTeague, Pete, Pete, Pete McTighe. Yeah, there's a lot of rumours about him taking over. But you know, I think the BBC have just realised that they have to kind of they have to go big. It's it's almost. I was trying to think of a sort of analogy that I could compare it to. It's like you know maybe a band getting a classic lineup back together, or a comic series being relaunched, and it's it's the equivalent, I suppose, of maybe getting someone like Chris Claremont and John Byrne back to write the X, write and do the X Men or something. If if there'd been a period when the X Men was failing, so I feel it's it's like they've they've gone for a safe pair of hands who they know will be able to deliver the goods. It's like when Jack Kirby returned to DC in nineteen seventy. There you go. There's your comic <laughs> reference there. Anyone else know what we're talking about? I was, no, I was, I was, but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it more like when, when he went back to Marvel a few years later? You know, why not both? Yeah, comic geeks. Comic geeks. Well, well, basically, what happens? Like, <laughs> this is another Jack yellow card going here. We're not going Jack comics. Har- Jack Kirby is a you know a massively important. He created you know co-created characters like you know the the whole Fantastic Four. You know all that sort of stuff. Worked through in the comics in the forties for 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 decades, and it was a big deal when he moved from Marvel Comics to DC Comics, as Pete said in nineteen seventy, mm. and went back to Marvel Comics a few years later, and it was seen as you know a homecoming. So this is very much, I think, a very a very similar thing. That's a good way of putting it, Pete. Say, John, what's your thoughts? Do you think that it's an act of desperation? I don't know if I'd say it was an act of desperation. I think it's a it's a very savvy decision. Obviously, we don't know what what was going on in the background. Uh, you know, if, if <clears throat> overtures were made in one direction or another, but the fact that it's not just obviously Russell T Davis, it's uh, it's part of the the Bad Wolf Production Company will be being involved as well. That it's a very smart, yeah, yeah, a very smart partnership with people who are ferociously media savvy, as well as being very creative. So. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting to know what 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 the background to the decision was, who was headhunted, or if a, a pitch was made, if not by Russell, then by Julie or whoever to, to say look, we would be interested in this. That's a great point. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, uh, I think the BBC basically knew they had to either go big or go home. It's a case of the show either has to come back with a vengeance or it's going to be rested again. And we've had quite a lot of semi-resting of recent years, so they had to do something. And this certainly is something that took everyone by surprise. And yeah, it's a it's a really strong decision. It'll be interesting to see how it all pans out and, and what information we get before he actually does take over. So yeah, go big or go home. That's that's really it. Pete, you mentioned earlier. You'd made a list of pros and cons. We've talked about the yes. pros of Russell's era. Mm-hmm. But what would you regard are the cons of Russell being in charge? Yeah, although, as both I think myself and Dave said, he was good at writing for everyone and making it accessible for everyone. It's hard to forgive him for the farting aliens <laughs> uh, and, and, and the burping bins. Uh, mm-hmm. he, d- he does have a habit of putting in the odd most common denominator thing, although admittedly, you know, he does balance comedy and drama incredibly well. But I also think that he's got a tendency to overdo things sometimes. For example, let's take Eccleston's first series, well, only series, I should say, 
made Dalek, which is phenomenal, and made you petrified of one Dalek. And then they finish off the season finale with skies filled with Daleks. Oh my God, what's going to happen? And it basically hand waved away. It just, it felt a bit anticlimactical. It, it took away from, it took away from Dalek, I feel, and the whole terror you had from basically it's finger snap and gone. It was, I, I think that's, I think that's a bit of a, a trope that it kind of falls into. Yeah. Also think, although you mentioned he's coasting in years and years and it's a sin, when you have a look at the stuff that he did in between Doctor Who and before he got to those, there's not a huge amount uh, that people were really interested in, to be honest. Wizards versus Aliens, Old Jack's Boat. Then there was the... Boat was amazing, are you mad? I didn't watch it. It was, it was totally not on my radar. Hey, Cribbins and uh, Green Team. <laughs> the Tofu Cucumber Banana for Channel 4 just totally slid by me. Uh, very, very English Scandal was great. Really enjoyed that. Uh, and of course, years and years, and it's a sin. But to be honest, he's, he's not really been on my radar of late until uh, it's a sin. And, and years and years, I was quite excited for. Totally didn't watch it when it came out. I'll admit that. So, all right, there you go. It just slid by me because, you know, it wasn't wasn't appointment television for me. I just missed it. So, yeah, but I think there's, he's got, he's got tons of good points, as we said, but yeah, he does have his familiar tropes that he falls into. Also, before, how much of the, although he's bringing Bible productions with him and everything, that's fine, but how much of everything from before was from him? And how much of it was from the previous production team and everyone else that was involved? Because obviously you can't catch lightning in a bottle a second time. Are they going to make new lightning? It's it's a different, although it's the same company, it's a different team, it's a different setup. And we've all moved on. Life has moved on. You talked about how Doctor Who is polarised just now. The world is polarised just now. Seriously, everything is... Brexit, Scottish independence, everything's almost like down the middle for all these things, you know, and then in the US, you know, the world is insane. But nothing has been more polarised in the world until now, and Doctor Who's not alone in that. I'm just thinking, will it work? I don't know. I don't know. I have no answers. There you go. There we go. John, what about you? What do you think of the downsides to Russell in terms of what he's done with Doctor Who previously? Well, for fear of repeating what, uh, what Peter just said, I think he does have a problem with excess that, you know, he, he he can ramp up the stakes so much. And then, as Peter was saying, the resolution is is pretty weak. And also the fact that you get these fantastic dramatic builds up, like, like you had Utopia and then you had The Sound of Drums and then you had The Last of the Time Wars or The Last Time Wars which I thought was utter garbage and completely ruined the previous two episodes with the, the, the Dobby Doctor and the, you know, the kind of messianic overtones about the Doctor. And I thought, no, that, that, that's, that's where I think it kind of goes off the rails slightly. And I think it's like, you know, when, 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 when Donna says to the, the Doctor, you know, you need someone to stop you. I think there are, there are times creatively and, and that writing process where I think Russell needs someone to stop him and say, okay, let's just dial that down a little bit, you know, because you could spoil it. 
so yeah, I think though that that that's really for me the only kind of substantive thing. The the curious question following on from what Peter was saying is that if there's one thing that that he does really well and has done well for as long as I've been aware of him is that he's great at creating these dystopian futures. But as you mentioned, we're, we're pretty much living in one at the moment. So what is he going to do with that? Is it going to get darker or is it going to give us a, a wonderfully optimistic vision of an alternative future? Who knows? Dave, any additional bits to add? Yeah, I like what the, the, the guys were saying about setting up and kind of not really quite delivering. I felt that, did we watch The End of Time for an earlier episode? I can't remember. I have a feeling we might have done. I can't remember. One of us should have kept the list. I think towards the end of his time, you could really tell he was he was a bit burnt out, and it's you know we're saying all this. I mean, how many how many hugely successful TV dramas have I ever written? Obviously, but I think Russell himself would would you know would have admitted that he was, he was kind of burnt out, and you know we know that Big Finish are adapting a, an old script of his next year, which is very exciting. But it'll be interesting to see if, you know what new ideas he conjures up. I mean, Russell's a very clever man. He has a great quality of being able to kind of look at the bigger picture. And you know, it's interesting. You know, very interesting what John was saying. I think, but will we get something that really reflects the times that we're in? I also want to kind of touch on what what Pete said a little bit as well. I mean, I watched years and years, and I watched um, it's a sin. I didn't see Cucumber mainly because um, I forgot it. I forgot it was on, and I don't think my Virgin Media box was working, so I couldn't record it. And I was kind of quite gutted. I loved the very English scandal. You know, it shows that he's still capable. But I felt that years and years, and it's a sin. They both had a lot of very familiar Russell T. Davis elements. And I just I'm sort of starting to wonder if, you know, is he is he burnt out full stop? Is he is he out of ideas, you know, because and this is again trying to trying to get some balance on the, the whole the genuine excitement about someone that, that is very capable coming back to the program. I mean, years and years, and it's a sin both had that thing in common with queerest queerest folk, where a sympathetic, friendly, nice character gets killed halfway through. To make an you know make an impact, so it was Phil and Queer Folk. It was Russell Toby's character in Years and Years, and it was the wee lad who got the job in the photocopy shop who died, and it's a sin. There's always that element in a season, the last episode of a Russell T Davis series, where things get a little bit heightened, and someone stands up to some bad bureaucracy, and someone runs through somewhere throwing stuff everywhere, and it's all joyous and cheery. You know that happens in a lot of his stuff, and that you know similar stuff would happen in Doctor Who. So I kind of. Following from what John and Peter both said, I think, you know, if Russell's had the time this time away from Doctor Who to come up with some new tropes and some new ideas, it could be amazing. But I, part of me is worried that we'll maybe just get a rehash of a lot of stuff that we've seen before. Russell did say in his Writer's Tale book that he really struggled with deadlines. Mm. And and you maybe saw, he felt he's maybe saw that sometimes in his writing. So it's a bit like even Sorkin in the West Wing that way. And that's, you know, sometimes, well, in, in the West Wing, they were kind of like sometimes standing around waiting in scripts. Didn't quite happen, yeah. I don't think, in, in Who, but he really struggled I, with them. I think so. it happened quite a lot with the following production team, but anyway, but there's, yeah. like, there's another point touching what John said as well, actually. The really, the really, really good point. The buck kind of stopped with Russell. Mm-hmm. And you're going to wonder, was there anyone telling him no, or maybe maybe saying that's not a good... Was he just surrounded by yes-men or whatever? So, I mean, the fact that he's working with going to be working closely with presumably with Julie Gardner and Jane Tranter maybe suggest that, that they'll it'll be a bit more cooperative but John made that excellent point that um some of these showrunners are maybe given too much of a given too much rope to, to indulge themselves and I wonder if that's a good thing or a bad thing I don't know maybe they do they all have the same do they all maybe lack a little bit of discipline I don't know 
Of course, Russell won't be writing this himself. Are there any writers you particularly want him to bring back? For example, do you think uh, he might try and coax Mr Moffat to try and write, give, particularly given that it's the 60th anniversary year, that we'll see Russell back on our TVs as Doctor Who showrunner? John? Well, I wouldn't mind Stephen Moffat returning in that capacity because I think a lot of his best stories were in, in that era. In terms of who I would like to see back, might be nice to see something from uh, Robert Shearman again. And, you know, well, I don't want to say, well, Paul Cornell as well, because there are lots of other people that you could you could bring on, on board who also wrote during the, the, the Stephen Moffat period as well. No, I haven't, I haven't really thought who else I would... I would hope to to hear from him again, but that's, but as I said, that's that's part of the, the 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 gift that he has too is that he can he can challenge writers to to even rethink their own scripts and to come up with new and different ideas. So, yeah, interested to see what he would what he'll do. Dave, who do you fancy seeing back? And we can um, perhaps some who've come in the the current era. Any there that would you'd like yeah. to see? I mean. It would be great to have Gareth Roberts back, but I don't think that's very likely. He's someone else who just understands Doctor Who. Would we get another Mark Gatiss script, for example? I'm trying to think of recent stories from the last couple of years that I, that I liked, and you know, I, because I've watched them so 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 few times, I can't remember any of the writers of any of the stories that I liked, so that's a bit awkward. Do you know who I'd like, really like to see, Kenny? I'd like to see John Dorney make the jump to Doctor Who on television. You know, oh. he's one of the big finishers, obviously. People that you know, big finish have fought a lot of brilliant talent in the last 10 years or so. Some really good writers. I don't, I can't remember, if, mm. I don't think James Gossip wrote for Doctor Who on TV, did he? I know he worked on various things. Yeah. So, you know, give James Goss a shot. He's someone else that, mm. that can read and, you know, write Doctor Who as if it's a mathematical formula without it actually seeming like it's been phoned in or done by numbers. But who would I like back? It'd be good to get another Robert Shearman script on TV. That's true. I'm not sure, to be honest. The guy that wrote... um. Oh, who wrote The Doctor's Daughter? That was Stephen Greenhorn. Yeah, he needs another shot. That was one of my favourites that year. He needs a good shot. I mean, we, we, I mean we're assuming that Russell's not going to write at all. We're assuming it's going to follow the traditional sort of path of head writer and a few other people. It might end up being that he does write at all. I mean, from what we're told, he was rewriting everyone's scripts all the time anyway. So, I don't know. Phil Ford. Be good to get Phil Ford back. I always liked his stuff in Sarah Jane. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter, who do you fancy? In terms of writing for Doctor Who, not in general like celebrities who you fancy. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Sheridan Smith. No, we're really kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hands off. Hands off. That's mine. <laughs> Paul Cornell was the first one that popped into my head. I've always enjoyed uh, his Who novels and obviously the stuff that he's done for, for the show. Uh, and uh, Robert Sherman, as has already been mentioned. To be honest, when it was touted before that uh, Jimmy Krasinski might it might take over a showrunner or was interested in taking over. I thought that's really interesting. And even just writing a story, just putting in a script would be fantastic. Someone outside who you wouldn't expect, but knows this sort of thing very well. He's a massive fan of uh, British sci-fi. I know he's a huge Blake Seven fan. Uh, I'm not sure how steeped in who he is, but certainly he's someone that knows how to write for a budget, as Babylon 5 proves. I think he'd be really interesting to see, and yeah, I would, I'd love to see just something new and different that we're not expecting, Some someone new or old and different that we're not expecting to come in. That'd be great. I think that Stephen Moffat's biggest problem when he became showrunner was that he never found 
the equivalent of himself because Russell could always rely on Stephen. And I think Stephen, well, he could get scripts and Mark Gatiss, which were decent. They were never going to be the Stephen Moffat. It's the one that's going to nick it and be the season poll winner. So I think that's going to be one of his big challenges to find. Perhaps somebody who could even be a successor who he'll work with. I mean, this is ridiculous. He's only just been appointed and already I'm mentioning his successor, but there we go. It's interesting. Did you see his Instagram post the other day, like literally on Saturday, when he's standing with a, a, pho- a photograph of him and a Dalek saying day one? So it looks as if he's already starting work on it already, you know, so it's crazy. It's crazy that it's happening so quickly. The big thing that Russell was going to, have to, of course, do, in fact, one of the first things he's going to have to do is cast a new doctor. So what are we looking for in terms of a doctor? Pete, we'll start with you this time. Well, there's lots of names that are always banded about when the new Doctor's cast. I mean, obviously, Russell likes to cast people that he's worked with before. So Ben Wishaw is probably going to be high up in the list. Michael Sheen's another name that's been thrown about a lot. Richard Ayoade is the name that's been thrown about a lot. It'd be interesting to see him do, see him do something that isn't comedy, because he is quite a serious director and, and can be a serious actor. But to be perfectly frank, I want someone to be cast that I have never heard of. Just someone brand new, totally new, someone from the stage, you know, that's totally passed everyone by. And it's just going to come on. A bit like when Matt Smith was cast, because when he was cast, we all watched that reveal. And you guys are probably the same as me, sitting there watching it at the time and thinking, who is this child? What? What happened? What? How, how is this the doctor? And then he came on and instantly blew us away. The 11th hour was phenomenal. And it was old man and young man's body perfectly. He was phenomenal. But I want someone, not necessarily a young person, just I want someone with that kind of energy and that vibe that you've never heard of, you've never really seen, maybe been in the background in something and just totally blows you away. So ideally, someone I've never heard of. Interesting. Dr. Bolin, where are you thinking? What should the new doctor be? Male, female, young, old? Me. Basically, um, <laughs> you're all of those feeling, feeling that exactly. Your permission tape to Russell, he's got his email address. Mm. <laughs> but feeling that piece of enlightened casting, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to say who I would like to be the doctor. I, I would like it to be that that kind of genuine surprise that we got with Matt Smith, and to an extent with David Tennant too. Will it be? Will it be a woman? Will it be not? I don't know. That's one of the the major kind of contentions that's going on in the background. Of course, that will he continue with a female in the role? Uh, what are the the pros and cons of that? I really don't have a strong view on that. Part of me would like the role to return to a male actor, but I'm not. And I think I've said this to you before. Kenny, in, in conversation that, you know, I'm not constitutionally opposed to the idea of a female doctor. And, I, and I've said that, you know, if Stephen Moffat had had the chance to cast the woman in the role, you know, it would have been someone like like Dolly Wells, who was Van Helsing and, and, and Dracula, whom I think would have nailed it from, from the get-go, because that she is essentially the doctor, I think, in, in, in that adaptation. So, I don't know. I, I don't um, I don't want to commit myself, but I suppose if I'm being honest, I would I would like the 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 role to return to a male. But given the fact that that Russell has you know strong credentials in terms of inclusion and not wanting to be seen maybe to backpedal on the the female casting, it might be unlikely that he would he would go back on that. But Dave, I don't know. Where's your head? 
Yeah, it's um, it's this is probably the thing I've been thinking about the most actually because who I mean, we talked about how the the public perception of the program at the moment isn't maybe as good or stronger as it could be, and how much of that's down to the writing, how much of that's down to the lead performance. Tom and I again talked about that sort of stuff. I've already kind of expressed my opinion on on what Jodie Whittaker's been doing, so I won't repeat it. There could be a perception that having had a female doctor, it hasn't worked, so they might want to go back to to a male doctor. If they do so, Eddie Marzan would be my choice. I've wanted Eddie to play the Doctor for years. Get Martin Clunes this time. They couldn't afford them in the past. Get Clunes in. I've been enjoying him in on the repeats of No Place Like Home recently on Forces. So get Clunes in. Russell tends to use actors again. There's a girl called Lydia West who's, who I've seen mentioned a couple of times already. Who I say girl, she's about 30, so that's just me being an old man. She was in Years and Years. She had a bigger part and It's a Sin. I have a feeling she was in the the greatest moth at Dracula as well. I think I've seen other one about, but it's it's an interesting one. Will they kind of have this feeling that they have to uh, do a major course correct? And we should actually talk about there's another thing I want to talk about, which we'll probably get to about the content and what we'll actually get. Will they do this course correcting and go back to basics, cast a male doctor? In a way, I think they probably won't because I don't think they'll want to admit to that level of failure. I mean, Tom said, Tom said in the in your little world first breaking news episode that you know about the the way the stuff was worded in the, the, the press release. <laughs> Full of lies, if you ask me, you know. Um, <laughs> you have to be careful. There's no way the BBC is going to say in public they think Jodie Whittaker's era and Chris Chibnall's stuff has failed. But, you know, the public perception is that it's not really working. So I don't think they'll, they will go back to Male Doctor because I don't think they want to make that admission. The lady whose name escapes me, who played the, the female version of the Time Lord General, she's also worked with Russell, and Russell tends to do that. Obviously, Christopher Eccleston had been in the Second Coming, David Tennant had been in Casanova. You know, he does tend to cast people that he's already worked with. He's very loyal that way, which is good. So I don't know. I would like to see Eddie Marzan. If it had to be another female doctor, Kimberly Walsh, Carol Vorderman, um, Jade from <laughs> Little Mix, Rachel <laughs> Riley, um, Josie Ross. So I don't know. Who would Dave. you? Who's who's your thoughts, Kenny? Who would you think well, should be the next dog? I've been thinking about this, and I think Russell Tovey. I really like Russell Tovey. I think again, he's done lots of Russell stuff, and I think he's he's charismatic. People like him. He can do the serious stuff. He can do the fun stuff, and I I really think he's somebody who would. I think he'd be a recognisable doctor. He can walk into a room, and he would be the person who's taken authority, because I have read somewhere that. When Jodie Whittaker walks into a room, somebody said it's like the primary school teachers walked into class and the kids are all still running around, which I thought was quite a telling comment. So, yes, I would be quite happy with, with Russell Tovey. I'd quite like to see a male doctor back. And I don't think it's a case of it necessarily saying that it's been an experiment that's failed, but they've just cast somebody at that time and they just picked the best person for the job. I mean, if it's Lydia West, brilliant. She's fantastic really like her. Yeah, I would be happy if it's her, but who knows? It's Russell T and I'm sure that he'll give us a surprise or two along the way. Next thing I would like to ask is you mentioned it there, Dave, touching on some of the, how shall we put it, the moral messaging. In the past, Russell said things like massive weapons of destruction and such like to get in a bit of commentary. It's maybe not been um, subtle, but it's not been in your face to the point where it's been dominating the stories. Do you think that we will see some more of that or perhaps ramped up? Because Russell is a very political writer. 
I think Russell's better at striking a balance and that sort of thing than some of than his two successors because the the Capaldi Zygon story. I attempted to join in with the watch along of it last year at the Twitter watch along, and I gave up halfway through the second episode because it was speechifying rather than anything that was entertaining. It, it, it was too foregrounded. And I've talked before on the podcast about how I felt that it was like primary school level. Some of the the message, the way that some of the messages were sort of being put across in the last in Jodie's second series, like the one when they when they're on a, a horrible scary you know environment you know a horrible planet and blah 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 and it turns out it's it's a polluted earth in the future and you know racism is bad racism is bad we know this but don't give it to us and such you know i think russell will strike a much better balance kenny he's not one i think he's very good at getting over the message without feeling like the audience is being patronized or having it shoved down their throats pete Doctor has always been political, always. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he comes back, because I think, as I said earlier on, everything is divided now. And if he wants to get everyone to watch it, then he has to walk that tightrope. I think he will write more accessible stories, or at least show run more accessible stories, maybe not write them himself, and try and get, I don't want to say balanced, try and coax people into seeing the world in a different way and not... With a sledgehammer, that's with a, with a keyboard, not a sledgehammer. I think that's what it's, I think that's the best way you can approach it. Whether he does or not, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, time will tell. It always does. <laughs> John, what about you? What do you think? I don't know. Is the, the short and honest answer to that? We do live, as I said earlier, in this kind of dystopian world that he foresaw to some extent, and given the fact that a lot of his socially and politically conscious, consciously motivated writing back in his period um, was around issues perhaps that, that have maybe moved on a little bit. We, we tend to forget that a long time has elapsed from the first Russell T. Davis era to, to this one, which when it comes next year or whenever. So what are the issues that he's going to be going to be writing about? I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll, be, they'll be in there somewhere. But hopefully, as, as as Dave was saying, more subtly inflected than the yeah the the eco sermons that we got, you know, right between the eyes on several occasions in the last series, you know, I just began to feel, you know, like at, at the at the end of the of, of that episode you were talking about, orphan 35, 34, 32, 39, who knows, you know, if they just said, you know, oh, this is a the the future polluted earth and just left it there you know that would have been dramatically powerful but then to go off and give us that you know lecture on eco sensibilities yeah uh, was was overkill and again with the i was going to say this is a grace but it's not the grace <laughs> uh, the uh, the other one with a z <laughs> like dave is, is telling that i struggle to remember some of the episode titles because yeah. i've not really interacted with them but anyway i won't go on in a rant so let's go for the biggie. 60th anniversary. What do you want to see in there? I'm predicting that we may get some old doctors back, probably Tennant, possibly Smith, hopefully Cabaldi, very unlikely Eccleston. And I'm guessing that we might get Ace in there, given that what Russell was doing previously with Sarah Jane Adventures when he brought back a classic companion to the new series. And he talked about bringing Ace into the Sarah Jane Adventures. And obviously he set her up with a charitable earth 
which Big Finish have picked up on. So I'm predicting yeah. something along those lines. So let's start with you, Peter. What do you think Russell will bring? And I think it's great that he's going to get to do an anniversary special, having missed out on Day mm. of the Doctor last time. Yeah, I mean, he's not really done a major multi-Doctor story, so I think that will probably be in, in the works in some way, shape or form. Hopefully, it'll be something we haven't really seen before. Ideally, there's an idea that I've had for quite some time that I'd like to see, and that is the Doctor, something goes wrong with the regeneration, and they start to regenerate backwards. And obviously, as they rege- regenerate backwards, the age and the Doctor knows... I'm going to die very soon unless I fix this. And that's a good way of bringing back past doctors and giving them a wee showcase. I'd also love to see him do something with McGann. A, a series of specials with certain doctors, maybe an overarching storyline uh, connecting them that finishes in maybe a multi-doctor story. I don't know. Uh, that sort of thing would be really interesting and exciting because we haven't really seen that in television. Not really. that We've had stuff like that in Big Finish, obviously, but you know we haven't really seen that on the screen. So it should be... It'd be really interesting to see, but something special is the words. You know, he should be doing something different, something special, something we haven't seen, something he hasn't done is what we should see. John, where do you think we should go for that one? Well, I really like uh, Pete's idea, actually. I thought that actually might steal it and pretend it was my idea. (laughs) And when you're writing to Russell, pitch that. (laughs) <laughs> to, to him that's actually a really clever way of reusing the, the previous Doctors I thought the the Five Doctors ish reboot thing was hilarious, I thought it was brilliant <laughs> and I thought Russell was so funny in that as well Yeah, so so I, I don't know, I think this, the, the 60th special yeah, it needs to be special it needs to contain the necessary elements of fan service of which Russell is only too aware but I think it also needs to be quite bold as well and really signal that this is this is the start of the next 60 years or whoever if that's been fanciful but you know that it is a new a new beginning so I wouldn't be too prescriptive about who's who's in it and and what's in it I would love them to revisit some of the less successfully reinvented monsters of the of the new season like the the Zygons which I think were ruined and not half as good as the as the originals but again, that's me going off on a tangent, so I'll stop myself. Dave, what do you fancy? Who do you fancy or what do I fancy, Kenny? What do you fancy for the 60th what anniversary? What do I fancy? Ah, right. Well, that's something else entirely. It has to be multi-doctors. I really hope we see Davey and Matt back. I think it has to be a multi-doctor story. I think people would expect that. If it's not a multi-doctor story, it should be a, a really good story that sets up and introduces the new Doctor and establishes them, maybe with some a couple of other recurring characters, like, you know, it's time to bring back the quarks and the crotons, I say, you know. Um, <laughs> why have we not seen why have we not seen the candy man since 1988? Um, <laughs> I would love a multi-doctor story. I'd love to see Davy and Matt back. I'd love to see PCAP back. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if Jody's involved in the 60th anniversary episode at all. I think it'd be un- I think it'd be unusual to have what is presumably going to be the debut episode of a new doctor is this you know from what i understand jw is going at the end of this series of specials to tie with the bbc's centenary so it would be interesting that if, i think it'd be dangerous to have multi-doctors back if 60th anniversary episode is going to be the start of the new doctor they would definitely be overshadowed so you'd have to strike a balance that that one again so i mean yeah i would love to see peter capaldi come back i'd love to see matt come back I'd love to see Paul McGann. I would love to see everyone else just sort of sat about in some sort of cosmic gentleman's club. So we see Colin and Sylvester. I think it was a mistake not getting them involved in Day of the Doctor, even if it had mm. just been for a, a tiny on-screen 
cameo like in, in the way that we saw Peter's attack eyebrows, you no know, sir, all thirteen and all that. It's interesting. It's a, it's a. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't envy him having to do it because the expectation is going to be enormous. You know, sixtieth anniversary relaunch of the whole series. I I just hope it's good. Day of the Doctor was great. Five Doctors is great. Three Doctors is great. Dimensions and Time is great. You know, because it's they're a lot of fun. I think something that um, it's depending on whether or not it is the, the main launch story for the new Doctor is is the thing I think that's going to define it. You know. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I think it'd be dangerous to overshadow them. What would you what do you want to see? Well, see, I'd quite like to see some old Doctors back and. As I said, a couple of maybe some classic companions again, just to link up the old yeah. and the new. And I think that would be quite a nice thing to do. But we know that Russell's not back just for the 60th anniversary. We know that he's got a series to come after that. So what are we looking for from that? What are we hoping to find? John? I'll, I'll, again, I don't want to speculate about future series, but what I would like back is a Christmas special. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Christmas has just not been the same and the New Year's Day episode just doesn't feel right for me. So yeah, I would I would put that down on my wish list. As you know, what what's what's going to come up, we know that he gave us a hint of the time war, which then became more and more developed over his 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 arc. So there might be something new. Do I do I want to say that I want the, the timeless child children thing to, to be consigned to oblivion? I don't know, it'd be quite interesting to see what he does with that, you know, because it's out there. It's canon, you know. So does he, as he did when he went for the reboot with, with Rose, discard all the continuity heavy stuff that had sort of bedeviled the, the TV movie at the start and just go for something something new and fresh? It might be worth doing that. If Well, I was kind of reminded, the thing that floated into my head almost immediately on Friday as I... As I um, waited for Morris to fling the orange cable over the wall, was that um, there was that interview with Russell a few months ago when he was talking about Doctor Who and he was saying it should be like, you know, like Marvel or Star Trek, but it should be a big brand, you know, when he was sort of, he gave the example of the Nissa adventures, but then he also talked about how a series with the 10th Doctor and the 11th Doctor together, which I just pictured in my head immediately has been amazing. So I don't know. I'm wondering if what we'll get going forward is maybe a return to the glory days of the late noughties when we had Doctor Who, Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. I'm wondering if, will we get the on, the main, will we get a sort of Doctor Who universe happening? You know, whether there's, a, whether there's an incumbent Doctor having, you know, to coin a phrase, new adventures. Would we get that 10-part series of the 10th and 11th Doctors just having a great time? Would we finally get some... Paul McGann on telly, you know, Kenny made me laugh the other day because he was um he posted a few screenshots of that series from Alibi with Paul McGann and Nicola Walker appearing at the moment, and that was just seeing them together. He had the bag over his shoulder, you know, he looked so big for his doctor, it was unbelievable. I would kill someone to get a Paul McGann and Nicola Walker Doctor Who TV series. I'll kill whoever you like. So you know, uh, my my feeling is go, going from what Russell said before. I think his plans could be huge. I think you know we might end up not just with one linear ongoing series, but all sorts of stuff. Similar to, I suppose, what Big Finish have been doing. They've been playing in the toy box quite well the last few years, you know, starting off with Classic Doctors, New Monsters, and the various River Song series. So I think we might end up seeing a real proper DWU on telly. That's what I think. Peter? I concur. Uh, yes, I think they will bring back a lot of crossover stuff. There will be a brand again. There will be merchandising. Uh, you'll get stuff out. It will be 
really quite exciting as far as that sort of stuff goes. But as far as actual series itself goes, I think it will be something that's similar to Christopher Eccleston's series, where he knows he has certain things he has to do to make it popular. And the thing is, he's done it before, so he can't do it the same way again. So it's going to be interesting because it will be like, I don't want to say the inverse of that, but it will be different from that. But it will try and hit the same emotional beats all the way through. And it'll be interesting to see how long the series is as well, because obviously the series shrunk over the years. So it should be interesting to see where, what threads he picks up and what uh, he uses from the old, as far as the whole timeless child thing goes. The Doctor was master splained to, and the, the Matrix yeah. lies, as we know. <laughs> so, yeah, you can take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat, but I need to know one more thing from each of you. Do you feel more optimistic than you did this time last week about the future of Doctor Who? John? Massively so, yes. The fact that it was such a palpably good piece of news that made people happy and that it was so widely covered. It was echoes of the of the glory days where this was a this was a big deal. So yes, very much so. Peter? No, not at all. There's an answer that an, <laughs> it's an answer that an idiot would give, of course. Oh dear God, yes. <laughs> and Dave. Definitely, Kenny. Very much so. I mean, I've said many times that my I currently so Kenny's probably sick of me saying the exact same words. My active interest in Doctor Who is probably the lowest it's been since I became a fan. So I have no doubt that what Russell will do will be engaging and interesting. And it certainly got me thinking a lot more about Doctor Who than I had been for a while. I am am I am I more yeah, of course, because I mean the rumor there was a I can't remember where I saw it reported. There was a rumor flying around at the weekend that if Russell hadn't done it, they were just gonna can the programme. So I think everyone should be a bit more excited. If that's true, everyone should be a bit more excited the fact that the series is actually going to keep going. Definitely, definitely much. Because, I mean, it's weird because it throws a massive shadow over everything that's still to come from the Chibnall and Whitaker team. And in a way, I kind of feel sorry for them. I wonder why it sort of emerged like it did. Maybe they could have held on until the new series and the next series of episodes had actually been transmitted because it kind of feels like, right, it, the perception is that no one's really that fussed about the JW channel episodes that are still to come because we're all excited about Russell T. Davis. And you've got to say, the fault, who's, whose fault is that? Maybe it's the people that are making the JW episodes. I don't know. Because oftentimes it's felt at the moment, a lot of time recently, like, you know, the, the dark days of the 90s when there wasn't a series, you could be forgiven for thinking that Doctor Who wasn't in production anymore. And I have no doubt that as soon as Russell properly takes over, we'll be back to regular production notes in, in Doctor Who magazine and regular updates and a real palpable sense of excitement and I look forward to that As I said in the world's first podcast to discuss the return of Russell T Davis to Doctor Who Mark Gatiss said to me Russell T Davis is the greatest showman since T.T. Barnum and I completely agree because speaking as somebody who's a newspaper person or a media person I just don't understand the strategy of no coverage at all because the more yeah. you get people talking about it, you get people looking forward to it. And I think that this news with Russell T. Davis has got everybody excited and looking forward to Doctor Who in 2023. John, Peter, David, let's go through each of your social media so we can get everybody thinking about where they can find you <laughs> and follow you. We'll start with you, Dave, because I know that you know yours. Yes, if you have any desire to follow me on Twitter, it's at DaveAdSteel, one word, D-A-V-A-D-S-T-E-L-E-L. But I'm also involved with the, the excellent Earth 2 podcast with a rather 
rather clever and learned and debonair, handsome, knowledgeable uh, gentleman called called Peter Watson. So, um, yeah, check out the Earth 2 podcast. Peter, this is your chance now. You can have plug time. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, the Earth 2 podcast. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore Earth 2. We're on Instagram and Facebook at the Earth 2 podcast. It's the number two for all our social media. So if you're interested at all in the history of DC Comics, please check it out. It's a lot of fun coordinates set for Earth 2. And now, Dr John Bolin, I left you till the, the end because I know that you had to look yours up last time. Yep, and this time I had to write it down. So if you want to step into the world of my inner life, then you can follow me on Twitter at Dr J McGB. That's at D-R-G-A-Y-M-C-G-E-E-B-E-E. Trips off the tongue. There we go. See, that's why I left you to the end, because I knew you'd have that ready by the time I got to you. (laughs) Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, fellas, and I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody else has to say. Hopefully, if you've got some thoughts out there in Twitter land, you can get in touch with us at Power of Three Pod. And please remember to follow us and like us on Facebook as well, where we are, strange enough, the Power of Three again. And if you're interested in any stuff that I'm up to, you can find my other Doctor Who podcast. That's pieces of eighth you can find that all about the multiverse of paul mcgann's doctor and very soon i'm going to be launching another doctor who podcast which is called optional extras optional extras the doctor the (laughs) ultimate doctor who podcast about action figures with alistair dewar the man who makes the blooming things for character options so that's going to be dropping very very soon but that'll be not on a weekly basis because i'm not insane good well thank you Enjoyed, enjoyed your, your interview with him on Pieces of Eight very much. So I think um, yes. I'll get interesting what he has to say. Yeah, good one, Kenny. Glad you're doing it. Well, thank you very much, gents. I have thoroughly enjoyed having our little panel here tonight. I think we should do this more often and discuss Doctor Who things, what are in the news, as it's felt very much like a proper radio programme to me, and I have blooming loved it. Yes, lots of fun. Thanks for, thanks for having us. I was going to say, I don't think any of us have knowingly avoided giving you a straight answer, though. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if it felt like a real radio programme, at least not a political one. Were you, were you at the match, caller? Yeah, but let's get Tom Harris on to avoid the answers of uh, political questions. In fact, no, Tom would always give you an answer. Yes, anyway. let's make for our first ever Power of Five. That could be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't put ideas in it too late. Right, let's all say goodbye, fellas. I'm going to go to the grown-up in the room. John, would you like to say farewell, first of all? It's the end, but the moment has been prepared for. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peter. A trick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Carrot juice, carrot juice. A tear, Kenny Smith. (laughs) Right. You lot are too much. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, and we shall hear you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Dave, I believe you have a question for me. Kenny, oh, for crying out loud, stop twisting my arm. He's got a gun on my head, listeners. Kenny, what are we playing out with today? Well, Dave, I'm glad you asked me that. Since Russell T's returning, I thought we should go for something a little bit appropriate and rather camp. So why not go for a bit of Madonna and back in business from the album I'm Breathless and the film... Dick Tracy. I'm going to show you that good guys don't always win. I'm going to show you 
The mud is sad of living in sin So when you're six feet under You won't wonder why Just cause you got a halo Don't mean that you can die If you thought it was over You're way off track You made a blunder 